0: What's up friends, welcome to Simply Cyber Live, the YouTube channel live stream where we connect you with experts in the industry. And we have a banger of a show today. We got a little bit of a different look and feel because I am doing the Simply Cyber Live through the Restream platform today. I wanna move over to that platform. We are coming to you at 1080p all up in your grill. Okay, listen guys, what are we talking about today? The GRC space is getting hotter and hotter in the information security world because of the regulations and demands that are coming down from uh, you know, risk management uh, organizations, from insurance companies and from other um, third party areas. So businesses are like, okay, we gotta get serious about this. Some of you have been taking the GRC analyst masterclass and now you're ready to get those jobs. Some of you have just been working in industry and like IT or trying to do a pivot and you're finding these GRC roles are starting to become more and more plentiful. But just like uh, the SOC analyst question and answer video, how do you answer the questions? What questions are you going to be asked and what what is the interviewer actually getting at? So in this episode, we are going to be going through as many GRC, entry-level analyst interview questions as we possibly can. Erica McDuffie is going to be joining us, good friend of mine, great friend of the Simply Cyber community. I'm super, super excited about it. Guys, we want to answer your questions as well, so don't be shy. I'm going to bring chat in so you guys can be part of the show as well. Final thing, not only are we going to be answering your questions for you, but I want you to know that we are going to be telling you why the question's being answered and what you should be. Yeah, I know. So I got roofers, guys. So we're going to be telling you why they're asking and what you should know. So you don't, here's the key takeaway. You don't need to memorize what we're telling you. You just need to know like the general idea of what we're telling you. And you'll be able to relate your own personal experiences, your own personal stories uh, and be genuine in that interview and absolutely crush it. And then you're gonna work in information security. You're gonna be in the hot space of GRC and it's gonna be dynamite. So let's get Erica, let's get in enough, enough pleasantries. Let's get into this. All right, Erica, we're talking, what's going on? You. Look at you representing Simply Cyber. Looks like your, your your mic is muted, Erica. But I can tell you what, your your Simply Cyber crop top is fleek, right? Or, or it's lit. Nope, no audio yet. On fire. <laughs> go to the settings, go to audio, choose the audio input of your microphone. Nope. So. While Erica gets that sorted out, maybe close the browser, come back in. Yep, okay, so first question coming in hot. Uh, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but (laughs) good question. You might get this question in an interview. What what does a GRC analyst actually do? Guys, remember, we're talking entry-level only, so there is an expectation here. Uh, (laughs) There is an expectation here that you could get this question, all right? Let's take this one and then let's talk about the overall interview in general. The GRC analyst or governance risk and compliance analyst is responsible for interfacing with the business. The business, listen, information security is a function in the business. They do a lot of cool technical stuff. A lot of like endpoint detection and response, instant response, digital forensics, configuring firewalls, all this cool stuff. But the business doesn't know anything about that. And it's incumbent upon the Information Security Office, to own the responsibility of telling the business what, what information security needs, because ultimately, information security cuts horizontally across the entire business. It's not a silo. Uh, so it's important for the GRC analyst to be able to say that. Let's see if Erica got her audio back. All right. Can you hear me now? We can hear you loud and yes. clear, Erica. Sounds good. We are good.
1: and rolling. Love it. All
0: right. So first off, Erica, thank you for joining us today and great crop top.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for the swag. This is the softest crop top ever.
0: Nice. Yeah, uh, merch link below, or whatever. I I don't know, I I don't really try to push the Shameless
1: plug, I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, so Erica, I just answered a quick question from Bob Bob before we got started. But before we dig into the questions, let's spend three minutes, and I'll start a timer. Okay, let's start three minutes on what is going to be the entry-level GRC analyst interview experience, right? Like, let's not get into the tactical. Let's talk about the, the, the experience. Uh, yeah. You go.
1: yeah, so GRC entry-level position. I mean, you're going to be looking for um, positions to apply for, right? You're going to be then uh, getting likely an HR screen. I'm going to tell you this is the gatekeeper. So the HR screen, they're likely doing a culture fit. Um, from there, you're going to be talking to the hiring manager, likely, or some of the teammates that you may be going to be working with, hopefully. Something to note is like, they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. So you want to have a key uh, key idea of like, what are your must-haves for this job, your nice-to-haves, um, and you want to make sure that this is going to be a fit for you. Your GRC entry-level interview is going to be more than likely uh, more about how you are going to best fit this position um so think about think of it as something that you want to prepare for is it going to be overly technical do they expect you to have a ton and ton of experience already no Um, but a lot of this a lot of this is going to be like your preparation for the interview what you have to bring to the table and then additionally like what are those skills that you have both soft technical that you can kind of like bring in and immediately add value to the position Look, Jerry, I exceeded time. Yeah,
0: yeah no, it. that's that's to keep us on on schedule. I, you know, I do like a good schedule, Erica. Oh, you know, 100%, I know it. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. The idea is they're going to be asking you questions to understand what you've done to prepare for the job. Uh, maybe what you've done to prepare for like what, uh, like they always say, like you know, like have you have you looked at what the business does? Like, make sure you look what the business does. I would focus more on what industry they work in, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to need to know and you might even get asked this question, we can get into that later, like what regulations apply to that industry? Working for healthcare is a far cry different than working for financial services, right? So not just understanding what Acme you know, Financial does or Acme Physician Services, but understanding what their industry, uh, the industry looks like and, and kind of those things. And that's all work you can do in advance and it's gonna make you look amazing. Um, obviously there's different interview techniques, so you might get a one-on-one, you might get a panel interview, Um, The questions we're going to go through today, they're going to map to both of those. Um, And one final tip. um, This is irrelevant to GRC analysts, but it's, it's pertinent to any interview. Like if you're talking to the HR people, those are questions on benefits and stuff like that. If you're talking to a hiring manager, that's job to day to day activity. If you're talking to like well, and maybe salary uh, or and if you're talking to like recruiter or whatever, that's salary and stuff like that. So I've seen that mistake with entry level people a million times where they're asking like in a panel interview with like the whole team, like what's the salary and stuff like that. And that's just, it's not a good move. And HR clearly is not no with all due respect to HR. HR doesn't know what the day-to-day job is for GRC analyst. So it, it's just a waste of your time. It's a waste of their time. And it's not a good look because it looks like you don't know what you're, who yeah. you're asking and what you're doing
1: absolutely and something to add to that is the panel that's interviewing you after hr likely doesn't even know the exact salary right it's on a mm. it, it, it's a range that they have for that job so that's something you're going to work out with hr and the hiring manager specifically so use that hr interview to get the get a vibe is this a culture mm-hmm. fit is this a, a company that i want to work uh, that i want to work for ask as many questions as you have this is kind of like your your more safe place interview but again hr is the gatekeeper so if if you aren't who you said you are on your resume or maybe you overinflated some of the skills that you had and they were able to catch on you may not make it to the next step so i would say definitely do your prep work still you know show up if it's a video call you know make sure you ask those questions so that you do make a good impression in the hr interview
0: absolutely okay so like we want to deliver on the promise at the beginning so let's let's just dive into a couple of grc entry level specific questions and then we can do some of the other kind of soft skills or the, the you know, the tangential questions afterwards. So uh, I'll give you the first one, Erica, if you want to answer sure. it. Um, okay, so this is, you know, guys, this is foundational and it will be asked, all right? Um, what's the CIA triad?
1: Confidentiality, integrity, and availability. This is like a need to know 100%, you will be asked any entry level position in risk management, GRC, any of the above
0: absolutely 100%. And the reason is, guys, and if you've been working in the field for any amount of time, you know that this thing gets hammered into everyone's brain. It's in the sec plus. It's in every piece of like intro to cyber 101. So, if you can't answer this question, what it tells me as a hiring manager is you haven't done anything to get ready for this role and like with all due respect, um when I'm hiring someone, I need them to be proactive and neat and, and capable of taking initiative because I can guide you in the right direction, but I can't spoon-feed you everything. Even at an entry-level position, I will mentor you, but you have to be able to help yourself. And if you can't answer this question, you are you haven't done anything, right? So, very very basic question, okay? Next question. And I, I love this one. Unless you want to go back and forth, Eric. I don't know if you have questions ready at the at the ready. I didn't tell you to prep any. Yeah.
1: Honestly, Gerald, I think like the number one question you're gonna get asked, and you and I both know this is along with the CIA triad, is what is risk?
0: Absolutely. I was literally just typing that up. You and I think so much uh alike. So what is risk? Now this one's a good one, guys. This one will trick people up. Like ask yourself right now could you explain to someone what is risk if you can't that's okay because it it's it's like this it's like this obvious thing that everybody kind of understands but when you try to articulate what it is you get all stymied up and tongue tied and you're like well and the the nail in the coffin is if you use the word risk in defining what is risk that's that's a red flag so watch out for that okay guys All risk is, all risk is, is weighing out the likelihood of a negative event happening because of some weakness in your organization and what the impact of that is. That is the calculated risk. Think about it. Like we don't have locks on our door. You don't have a lock on your front door. What is the risk? Well. We live in a safe like so what's the likelihood? So what's the threat? The threat is someone walks into your house, right? Okay, well, that's a threat. That seriously sucks. I don't want that. Okay, so what's the likelihood of someone walking into your house? Well, now you start to have to accounting for like, well, we live in a safe neighborhood. Uh metrics show that there hasn't been many break-ins. Our house has um, you know, a jalopy parked in the driveway and our, our paint's all chipped. We don't look like a house that has anything of value inside. I'm thinking the likelihood's pretty low. What would be the impact? Well, it would be terrifying and Uh, probably traumatizing for my children. Okay, now you got your impact. You got your likelihood. You do the calculation, which is calculating the risk. You define it as a moderate risk. You talk it over with the family. Is this something we want to accept? Do we want to accept the risk of someone walking into our house? Well, here's the final part. A lot of people miss this. What what would it cost to mitigate the risk? What are our options? Well, we can buy a door lock for $3. We could take the door off and just brick in the wall. Of course, that has a shortcoming because now you can't access outside anymore, but you could do it. Um, but for 3 bucks, we could put a lock on the door and everybody wins and our, our likelihood is taken way down. Impact still doesn't change, right? Someone could kick in the door, but the likelihood's lower. That is risk. That's a dynamite answer for what is risk with all sorts of like metaphors and analogies and and I didn't say risk. Well, I did say risk a couple of times, but I was saying like, and that is the calculate risk. So um, that's how I would answer it. Just shooting low on the hip on a train bound for glory. But that's what I'm thinking. Erica, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think you gave like the A plus plus answer. If we talk about just likelihood and impact, I mean, those two equal risk, right? So what are, what are the chances that something, something's going to happen that could cause loss or impact the business in a negative way? Yeah. You keep it short and sweet.
0: Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm going to do everything in my power not to do that again. That was really unfair of me to give. The rock star answer. answer? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got all excited about, I got excited. Because we love love, this stuff. (laughs) I do. I do love this stuff. God dang. Okay. So Erica's 100% right. The two key words you want to say when you're asked this question is likelihood and impact. If you say those two things, the interviewer is probably going to stop listening and start thinking about what's the next question they're going to ask. Check. yep, yep. Okay, so moving on. Um, okay, so this one, this one, I don't care what job you're going for in cybersecurity, you're going to get asked this question. Okay, and this isn't a shameless plug. Okay, how do you stay current in cybersecurity? How do you stay current in the industry? Right, I'm sure you asked that question, Erica. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Yep. So what why why am I asking that question, Erica?
1: This shows your commitment to the field and to the actual like uh, the relevancy of the topics, right? So like you could have gotten your degree in cybersecurity or in IT or whatever. If you don't do anything to stay current, you are likely missing um a lot of uh, maybe gusto for the job um and you're not having a lot of really meaningful conversations with stakeholders and it's it's not you're not being able to bring your best self to the job um so think of it as something that shows like your commitment your passion um and your your ability to want to learn more about the subject matter
0: absolutely um i i might make this one minute timer just so we can go real rapid fire the 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 gist of this question is twofold. One, in Erica's to Erica's point, right? Like, if you're not staying current in the industry, it's a job, and I'm sorry, I know it's a job, but it, it's it's kind of like a lifestyle. It is, is not ongoing. transactional. Yeah, it's not transactional. It, there's so much going on. Things change so quickly. Threat actors evolve very very fast, and if you're not staying current. You're, you're you're losing value, frankly, in your ability to help a business defend itself, right, and stay resilient. So that's why you it, you've got to you've got to stay current. And by the way, if you find staying current an absolute grind and you're not liking it, with, I mean, with all due respect, maybe it's not a good field for you, right? Like maybe you're not you're not into it, right? So there's something to be mindful of that. The other thing is, if you are staying current, then like you're demonstrating that you will be able to help them um, defend their organization, which is again, valuable for me, right? I'm the hiring manager. Erica and I are hiring you. Like what is your value to me? Which brings me to another great point that we talked about right before getting on. And I see all your questions coming in guys. Yeah. The roofers are hard at work. Um, I see the questions coming in. We will take the questions in a few minutes. Just Erica and I wanted to run through some stuff. So Erica, we talked about this before we went live. Um, first question, almost always, right? Tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, this is what yeah, go ahead.
1: This is like the number one question. And I will tell you that sometimes I get a very quick, Oh, you saw my resume. And it's a very, it's a recap of everything I already know, or it's a life story of I went to high school here, I grew up here, my parents are from here, like this whole digest. Um, and, and it's really hard to consolidate, right? And I think that what you've been talking about is is value. And I think that what you need to do to prepare for this question is is think about okay, what do I have to bring to the table? What is the job description? Who am I, right? Like, what are the important things that they need to know? What are those little nuggets of information? So, I mean, obviously off the bat, you're always gonna give them like your name, right? You're gonna give them like, do you have professional education to apply to this job? Do you have professional certifications? Anything that's relevant to that job? Again, think of value add. And then from there, they're gonna ask plenty of questions to unpack about yourself. So think about it from a two to three minute, put on Jerry's timer and prepare. Um, and just run through that elevator pitch a few times and and just think of like, does this make me sound valuable? Sometimes if you're getting nervous about the interview, go ahead and like record yourself and watch it back and trim out some of the fluff.
0: Yeah, 110%. The question, the reason I'm asking you the question is because I want you to tell me about yourself. Plus, honestly, guys, like... It's, it's kind of an awkward meeting uh, for some people, right? Some people aren't uh, like into socializing and all this stuff. So it's a little bit of an awkward in, uh, meeting. So it's an icebreaker. Hey, tell me about yourself, right? You might even say that to someone if you met him at a, a dinner party or a cocktail party. Hey, what do you do? Tell me about yourself, right? Within the context of this discussion, they, you could say anything you want. There is no wrong answer. You could say anything. You could tell them about your, your, your uh, plushie collection, right? Or how you love retro yeah. video games but it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't help you. You are in that interview to sell yourself as the solution to the problem that that business has. So everything that you say, in that two minute window of tell me about yourself should be directly related to how you can deliver value to that organization. And like Erica said, practice it. You know, you're gonna get asked that question. So why not practice it? It gives you all of the benefit of being ready to answer it. and pro tip or power move for extra points eric is right if you can just sprinkle in a couple things that would be natural um uh follow up questions right like oh hey like you know i'm just making this up but like oh hey like i um you know, I, I, went, I went and got a computer science degree from university and I've been really working in IT, but I've really been focusing on cybersecurity. I love, um, I took the GRC analyst masterclass from Simply Cyber, which was a full course, really lit my fire up for the GRC space. And I love, love the NIST cybersecurity framework that really resonated with me. Okay, so now I'm gonna to talk to you about NIST cybersecurity framework. What about it resonated with you? Mm-hmm. How do you see how IT maps into cybersecurity? like what what was the GRC Analyst Masterclass about? I haven't heard of that. Like, tell me about it. So leave those breadcrumbs, right? They may not, uh, or plant those seeds, right? They may not all grow flowers, but some of them will because you want to have a natural conversation with the interviewer, right? Or at least the the hiring manager.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So a couple other questions that we had here. Um, and I see, and I mean, then we're like, you're going to answer this one, Erica, and I'm going to okay. go into chat and start pulling some stuff. Okay. Um, what? Okay. So, okay. What? Okay. Well, I don't know if you get asked these questions. Okay. So now we're starting to tr- transition into, um, weird areas, but like, okay. So part of our work is compliance, right? So mm-hmm. what would you do if you found, some some staff member that was not complying with policy, who was non-compliant, or they had technology that was non-compliant. What do you do in a situation when you encounter non-compliance?
1: So this is, this is a question that can be answered many ways. You could say, well, what is the policy for ethics and uh, whistleblowing, right? Like there's there's definitely procedures that an organization has that is specific to the organization. So you could answer it by saying, hey, I'm gonna read the policy and procedure associated with that. That's part of your onboarding on the job, right? And then you follow suit. Or, I mean, you escalate it directly to your manager when you see something like that happening and you go from there. So I think I think bottom line is, you know, noncompliance is, is something you have to address. How you address it may be specific to the organization, but I think like the key takeaway here is that you're going to let somebody know.
0: Yeah, especially at an entry level, um, they're not expecting you to like go kick in doors and and and, no. and you know light the world on fire. They don't um, expect
1: you to go add it to the risk register or to write them up. You know,
0: exactly. And but but they do want to know how you would handle with something that doesn't doesn't happen in a textbook. As far as I know, I've never read a textbook or a text that talks about. You know, non-compliance is basically like, oh, may, may uh, be penalized or, or face termination. But in reality, that's not what happens. So they want to understand what your, your answer is to that question. Erica said something in her last response that keyed me off on something that I want to point out that's very valuable, in my opinion, okay? When someone asks you a scenario-based question, take two things. One, take a breath and think about what you're going to say before you speak. It might feel a little awkward to you that there's a pause, but it's not awkward to anyone else. Think about what you're going to say and then speak. The second thing, and don't be shy about this, ask qualifying questions. Likely the interviewer has just made this scenario up and hasn't really thought through beneath the the surface. And if you ask qualifying questions, it's A, going to force the interviewer to think about it. Secondly, it's going to alert them that you understand enough to ask qualifying questions. And I'll just give you a, a silly example, right? Like, so to your point, right? Um, how do you deal with noncompliance, right? And, and Erica said, well, first, you know, what's the policy? Like, so you might say, well, what was the infraction of noncompliant? What were they noncompliant with, right? That's a perfect question. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they, they installed remote access software on their machine so they could remote in from home okay, well, that, that does sound like kind of a high risk, but you did say it was a non-compliance issue. What does the policy say in regards to that? Are they using a uh, organizationally approved remote access solution? You know, like ask qualifying questions, make the scenario as rich and as easy or, or as well-defined as possible, because then your answer will be very obvious to itself. Like your answer can write itself as you're mm-hmm. pulling these straws out from them. Or pull maybe you don't pull straws. What do you pull? Threads. As you pull the yeah, threads. Yeah, you're
1: pulling threads, you're unpacking it, and you're and you're able to also understand the types of scenarios that may be relevant to that organization, which is going to give you a little bit more insight into what you may deal with at that at that job if you choose to take it.
0: Ooh. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. All right. So let's start digging into these things. And I want to pull one up right now that I just saw. Let's do uh, it. So it's it's me, Erica, and like 18 roofers in this live stream today. So this is good. Um Hold on. Um this is a great one. So Lupe who is a uh, squad member and um you know simply cyber long-term uh, lo- long-time friend, she is in going into her second round of interviews for GRC analyst uh, role and I believe it's entry level. I'm not 100% sure. Uh but she said she got asked recently, what's a recent cyber incident I felt could have been preventable and how would I have prevented it? This is an awesome question. Um, and so w- a couple things going on here. the interview is asking you you may have just said that yeah oh I, I listen to the di- daily threat briefing every morning with Jerry. It's awesome. okay what's a recent cyber incident right? Are you paying attention during these threat briefings right so that's that's one thing and then how it could have been preventable I, I would argue that this is a little unfair for an entry level question. But, yes okay I, I but, agree. But, but, but it is a fun question um, if, if interview questions can be fun, but um, it, it is a fun question because it sees, like, how does your mind work? How do you perceive risk and control and these type of things and how might you offer a solution?
1: Yeah. And I think something to also add to this is, like, they may not be expecting a, a perfect answer. They're just wanting to understand, like, how technical are you? They're wanting to gauge, did you do you know any incidents off the bat? Right. Have you been keeping up with current news to your point? And then additionally, like, okay, was it something that should have been patched? Do you understand patch management? Right. They're kind of trying to unpack, like, what is your technical acumen? And not that it's 100 percent required for the job, um, but it's something that they're trying to kind of gauge as they're assessing you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I see TR uh, has mentioned a couple one, he, he, or he or she said log4j. That's a really tricky one because that one is really difficult to prevent uh, unless you get into like supply chain risk management, which I flipped out for an hour earlier today about. Um, but even if they say recent, like qualify the word recent, because, you know, if you like, even though it says recent, I mean, unless you're going back to like the Morse worm or like SQL slammer, like, the last two years is fine. Like SolarWinds attack. Like everyone knows that one. That's a safe answer. That was mm-hmm. December of 20, I think. Um, you know, Colonial and that pipeline. was like a compromised developer. What's that? The
1: pipeline. Yeah, Colonial, Colonial pipeline. pipeline.
0: Yeah, yep. that's actually a great one because of the, um, the VPN creds in, in uh, password reuse. But, but anyways, don't, don't, don't get uh, freaked out. This is a great question, but don't get freaked out by qualifier terms, like recently, or, you know, like just go with what comes, comes to your mind and stuff like that. You know, you want to be chill, think through, you know, it's actually a good point for exercise. Think through a couple major incidents and kind of work them uh, of what was the problem? What would be the disposition afterwards? How is incident response handled? Right. Not that they're going to ask you about that particular thing, but if you think through an entire incident, like when they ask you any questions kind of related to that, um, you'll be able to, you know, pull from your memory. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, I remember that or whatever. All right. So kind of bumping through people's questions now, Erica. Rymac asks, what skills should one show in their CV for applying for entry-level analyst roles? I actually yeah. had a conversation earlier today with someone about this exact question.
1: Well, so for an entry-level position, I mean, I I am looking to see that you have some type of, either hands-on experience or academic experience in risk management and governance and compliance, controls testing, auditing, any of those things are relevant. Um, So I would kind of work that way and then also sprinkle in some soft skills because as a GRC analyst, you want to be able to uh, show proficiency in writing analysis you want to make sure that you uh can make data-driven decisions that you are an excellent communicator that you can do teamwork um and and even as you work your way up i think for entry level um it's good to start showcasing that you have the ability uh for growth so if you've you know been able to spearhead initiatives if you've been able to take any kind of initiative and that shows that you're a self-starter i think those are great things to show
0: Yep, and in the last 30 seconds, I agree. Um, think about any projects that you've done. Think about any home labs you've done. Any Anything that you've done, it doesn't have to be a full project. It doesn't have to be a home lab, right? So maybe maybe you, um, you know, Pete McKinnon, I know um, recently started a um, like a Python developers thing on the Discord server, right? That may not map exactly to GRC analyst, but if you can show initiative and projects and stuff like that, that can go a long way obviously any education that you may have got that aligns like the grc analyst Masterclass, like those type of things map in um even if you just read nist 837 mm-hmm. you know put put you know put familiar with nist special publications there's certain keywords that are going to catch people's eyes that are hiring managers in grc absolutely so yep all right. I'm just running through these now, Erica. I, I haven't even screened these. I've had three GRC entry-level interviews and all asked mid-senior type questions that were far beyond my scope. Ooh. How do you combat? Go ahead.
1: This is a good one. So this is this kind of goes hand in hand with how I handled the the incident. Um, remember that, you're imp- that the person screening you is looking to unpack and gauge your technical acumen. So this is something where you could, it, it's totally appropriate to answer something if, if you think you can answer it. If not, hey, you know, I honestly don't know. If you don't know, it's better to say you don't know and ask them, is this something that would be required of the job? Is this something that I could learn on the job? Um, Because it might be something that they're asking to gauge how you would answer it or how you would answer a question that you could get stumped on. Or it could be something where they're trying to gauge your technical ability. Um, They're trying to figure out where you're at. So if you don't know and you feel like it's way advanced based on what you've seen in the job description, ask them, you know, I want to unpack this a little bit. What's the intent of the question? You know, is this something that's expected for this role?
0: Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to handle it. Absolutely, because you put it on them to identify and really qualify how this relates to an entry level question. I mean, if you truly felt that it was uh, a senior type question, then they should be able to explain why it's appropriate uh, for what you're asking. You know. Um, So 100% definitely don't, you know, one thing that people do that, that I don't know, it it might be a personal thing, but it kind of chaps my butt is like, if they don't know the answer, and they just start like, diarrhea of the mouth, like they just start saying things to say things that's, that's a waste of time. Um, Just, you know, be honest, be forthcoming. um, And again, show interest in, 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 you know, not passion, but interest. And, you know, we'll get through it. All right, here we go. Carrie's asking a question. He's looked in here in Texas where he lives and there's nothing that he found. I find, oh, that's not really a question. Uh, keep keep the queue for questions only. Um, let's see. Would you recommend getting any certs for an entry-level GRC position or would mock audits and understanding the role be sufficient? Good question.
1: I think entry-level positions, a cert, there are plenty of entry-level certs that would help you. So, I mean, off the bat, a lot of the cloud providers have very entry-level associate type uh, exams. These are like, I mean, 100 to 300 bucks. Um, it shows initiative. It's something you can study for. It's something that you can showcase that, hey, I've gone ab- above and beyond. I really am showing initiative here. So I would personally recommend, yes, get an entry-level cert if you can swing it. You can also jump in and take a GRC master class. That shows initiative as well. Um, I think mock audits, Depends on how you can showcase that, right? Is this something that you did in school where you can say, "Hey, here's a here's a mock audit that I unpacked, um, and I can show it." You know, you can bring it to your interview if that's something that they'd be interested in seeing. If it, it just depends on what that mock audit looks like um, and understanding the role. I think you need to you need to unpack that a little bit more and just figure out you know what's required and then also like it's dependent on the organization. If you're trying to get a, an entry level job at a very big logo, they're going to be a little bit more rigorous about the certs and about those screening buzzwords that Gerald was talking about. Versus if a startup may be more lenient and more creative about the approach here.
0: Yeah, and with the last couple of seconds, um, tell me about yourself that's a great opportunity to say like, oh, you know, like I've, I have really found a passion for GRC. I actually went and, um, you know, got the sec plus And then I, I thought that it would be beneficial to focus on cloud since that seems like an emerging area. So I went and studied the AWS. I don't know if you guys use AWS here, but it seemed like a great opportunity, like basically pump your own tires. Don't be shy about, uh, you know, showing off, but GRC, unfortunately of all the Niches in cybersecurity, GRC has the least amount of like well-defined certifications to go with it. What would what job level would you recommend to someone with vulnerability assessment and management and compliance experience interested in getting in the GRC field? Look at you, Calroo seven four seven, bringing the heat. So, I mean, if you want, I can take this one off the rip. Go Erica. for it. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Here, let me let me put me on the clock. It's not just about you being on the clock. All right. So with vulnerability assessment and management, well so with the compliance experience to me that speaks for itself, right? I mean it's literally in the job title. So you could just speak to that and that'd be good. With vulnerability assessment and management, what I would argue is you probably have to de- like you probably have to deal with end users and technical end users who have out of patch or out of compliance uh systems, right? You have to talk to them, you have to find them. You have to talk to them. You have to understand what their challenge is and can you help them either patch their system, find some solution to like mitigate the risk of that system, or you know, do something a little bit more extreme, like get Funding for their business unit, or typically what you'll end up doing is getting funding for uh, uplifting the overall enterprise IT, and then you can target those people first since they're the highest risk. There is a lot of mapping between vulnerability assessment or vulnerability management, it's really the, the title, and GRC because you are interfacing with the business quite a bit and you do have to have those soft skills to be able to convey your, uh, not value proposition, but you you can't you can't just beat everybody with a stick all the time. Sometimes you have to, um, give them a carrot, bring some honey, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you have to do the, the, the understanding of what the heck's going on. And that is a GRC function all day. So I would argue that that's, that's the best way to sell that one. Any final thoughts on that one? I know that I ran the timer down, but
1: yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, the question, the way that I read it is, is this truly somebody that should be looking for an entry-level position? I think you can go both ways. You could apply for an entry-level position. They may have something more advanced that they feel like, hey, you know, actually you could be an analyst too. Um, and so I would say like still take the interview and chances are like they will gauge your, your ability. Um, and then it might be a quick promotion path too. So I'd say still apply for the entry-level position if you see it. Um, and then go from there.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And here's a, here's a bonus tip. Hold on. Do I have like bonus tip? I got a whole soundboard, Erica, since we last hung out. Yeah. So here's a bonus tip for guys, um, or for people, right. Trying to be PC. So the job might be entry level uh, analyst one GRC role and you come in and you're like just kicking holes indoors. And you're like, Holy crap, this person's awesome. Like there's no way that they're going to take that salary for analyst one, but let's just bump it up to analyst two. Like Mm -hmm. don't think that the analyst one is in stone people who want to hire you because you kick ass or kick butt, excuse me. um, They will make it work. Right? So go in don't feel so constrained it, it, it's it's kind of the same thing of like when all the all the cri- all the bullets on the job wreck you're like well I don't meet three of the tr- the ten who cares just get in there it's a dream wish list anyways just like the position right so to your to your point Erica they could be changed into a two I, I, I I've hired someone into a two. Uh, for a, a one billet uh, before, and you just make it work.
1: Yeah, put yourself out there. Bottom line, and at the end of the day, if there's a better job in a different department, they will be happy to have you. Just entering the organization.
0: Next question for you, and this is another good one. Kind of flipping, flipping the script here. As the person doing the interview, Erica, you're interviewing uh, Lupe. What are some questions that you could ask that? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm Please. sorry. I think what Louise is saying is, hey, Erica, do you have any questions for us? Right? Yes. The, the end of the interview, typically, by the way, Erica's going to answer this, but just let me tell you, don't ever say you have no questions. Don't do that. Yes. Okay.
1: No, that's no a question. bad
0: move. Don't, don't say I have no questions. Just yeah. even if you ask one and you don't care what the answer is, don't. don't. Okay. So Erica, do you have
1: any questions for me? i think some of the best questions to ask which will tell you a lot about the individual but also the organization what is the culture like here what are your favorite parts about working here what are your current challenges and do you do you have any you know insights into what the challenges will look like later in the year i like to ask also like strategic questions like what is the strategy at the organization here you know for the next two to five years, you know, you can you can make it you, you want to kind of gauge to see where the company is going. Um, additionally, like, what has been the growth in this department in the past year? or So how do you project it changing in the next year, you want to kind of gauge like, what is the what is the environment that you may be stepping into? And it's gonna it's gonna show that you care, but also that you're interested in in figuring out like how you plug in and how you can help and maybe combat some of the challenges they're they're facing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, <laughs> Yulichua. Yeah, I've got a mechanical keyboard on my roof. Uh, nailed it. <laughs> so uh, I agree a hundred percent. What what I like the one question like this is a question that you can take and bookmark, and it'll it'll work no matter what the interview, what the organization, and everything like that. I always like to ask. And by the way, you typically get like three questions. Um, I I typically like to ask, hey, what makes this organization? Different than any other organization? What makes it special? What's something about this organization that's special? Because you're going to get two things. One, you're going to get something interesting that is not uh, boilerplate. Secondly, you're going to get that person's perspective and answer. And if it's your hiring manager, it's probably the person you're going to work with. You're going to start hearing things that would be more emotionally based, right? So maybe they come back with like some kind of snarky comment or whatever, or like, you, you might be able to gauge a little bit more of something interesting about the company that sets it apart. And then two, if there's any kind of hidden red flags. So I always like to ask that one myself. All right. Um, continuing on uh, Roger Swanson, uh, low country native coach Roger asks, what if you're not really looking for entry level? He's got CISP sysm, other certs. How's a good way to break into cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, so that's it's kind of Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it kind of goes uh with the with our point about, you know, you may have experience in certain domains. Um you really need to look at what the job descriptions are, right? What are you looking to do? So you may have your CISP, you may have your your CISM and you may want to be switching to a completely different domain. You may want to be working in a traditional SOC. Um okay. Here's the skills that I have to bring to the table. Here's a job description that looks like I could get to and then apply and interview for the role. I think it goes back to the point of if they are if they see that you're a really great candidate and that you could be a really good fit, but maybe not in that specific role, they will connect you with the right people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And with a SISP and a system, I feel like you are lined up for GRC oh, yeah. type work. So definitely um, a good fit. And again, because GRC is so wide open from a previous, you know, uh, certs or, you know, labs or whatever, like it's really undefined at this point, um, you have an opportunity to really highlight your experience and your personal um, elements that make you a unique candidate to them. It's just all about like, if, if you take one thing from this live stream today, remember, you have to be Always thinking about whatever you're saying, how it relates to how you can help that organization solve their problem, right? And I, I get that you're gonna like have a little bit of personal stuff and everything like that, but at the end of the day, they are looking at you and asking themselves, can this person fill the job that we have because we need someone to do it and we need them to do it as soon as possible? So showing initiative, showing proactivity, being able to explain those things is um, is is going to go a long way for you. So thanks for the question. Looks like Loopy just dropped one in. We're going to pick this one up hot. Erica, Loopy says I have not been asked this yet, but are there typical questions about specific frameworks? For example, is it common to get asked? Can you talk to me about this framework?
1: So at an entry level po- position, honestly, not so much. I typically want to, under- want to understand. You know, do you do you know some frameworks, right? Can you name a few um, frameworks that may be relevant to what we do? And this is something that will show your prep work firsthand. So if this is a is a company that um, handles credit card transactions and they're in that, that space, um, you should likely have done your homework and figured out what do they do? Okay, what regulations may they fall into? What kind of frameworks may be applicable here? Okay, yeah, PCI DSS. I'll be honest, you know, I looked at what you guys do. Looks like PCI DSS is something that you guys are actively looking at. Um, here's what I was able to learn looking forward to learning more about it. They're not, they're not asking you to decipher it. They're not asking you to give them like really specific things, unless you are, you are a a PCI QSA and you are looking to get a job doing PCI audits day in and day out. They're likely not going to ask you the ins and outs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And again, what, what they're really asking you there is have you heard of any frameworks? Can you name a framework? It's, again, unless it's this completely ridiculous question where they're asking you to explain how you would implement NIST cybersecurity framework at an organization that's currently implementing CIS-18, like that's a CISO question and it's completely inappropriate for an entry-level analyst. So um, you should be familiar with some frameworks, be able to name them, Um, you know, maybe have looked at them a little bit, right? I'm a huge NIST CSF person. I know Erica hasn't quite come around on that. She's still living in that side. Not on the dark life. side yet. Yeah, but but either of those are going to do you uh, good. And it's going to look good because, again, if you haven't worked, here's the thing, if you haven't worked in an organization that implements NIST CSF or SOC 2 or anything like that, like let's say you're pivoting in or you just graduated or you don't have GRC experience, whatever. If you're talking about NIST cybersecurity framework or SOC 2 or any of those buzzwords, That means you've gone and looked at them. It means you've done the work. You've taken the initiative. You have, you have uh, like the capability to go do that. And that is exciting for me because again, I can, I can, you can start on Monday and I can be like, Hey, I need you to go read NIST 818. I don't know if SOC 2 has got a solution for this on how to write a security plan. And then I need one in a month. Can you just start working on that? Let's meet every Thursday and see how the progress is going, right? It's perfect, right? So that's that's what I would say on that. All right, we're gonna get an iHeartNest shirt going uh, for simply cyber here. I love it. Or outpost gray, I'm not sure. I think maybe it was Jax's recommendation. I don't wanna I don't wanna bogart it. Okay. So this isn't an interview question, but it, it does kind of help you get ready for interview, right? So Axel asks, recommend any, uh, good free certificates for poor students. So the way I would kind of position this is what, what are a couple free educational opportunities that you're aware of, Erica, that might help somebody in that GRC analyst, uh, interview kind of positioning themselves as a more desirable candidate.
1: Axel, at this day and age there, there's a lot on LinkedIn. There's a lot of, uh, LinkedIn influencers, so to speak, um, that are sharing free content, I mean, week after week. So what I would recommend is go ahead and start following some people like, you know, Simply Cyber is a great start. We've got Outpost Gray, right? We have a lot of different areas where you can go and start to consume content. Um, and quote unquote certificates, I don't think that that should be your, your main objective right now. It should be learning. And so you can, you can write, you know, what the courses are that you've taken. If you've been able to take free courses, um, on LinkedIn, there are some available and they'll do freebies and promotions on like, okay, this class is free this month. Um, and so I would start consuming content. And if you have, you know, questions on, you know, who you should be following. Um, there are plenty of people here that are plugged into the, to the cyber, uh, cyberspace that can help point you to some free resources, but there are definitely plenty of free ones out there.
0: Absolutely. So jumping in, um, another great question. That's kind of tangential. I wanted to do some of the tangential questions as well, because it doesn't matter if you crush the interview if Mm -hmm. all these other things kind of fail. Um, Jax, Scott, our very own outpost gray. Um, what do you think about dressing up, uh, for the virtual interview?
1: So I'll tell you in this day and age, uh, I am not expecting someone to show up in a suit on a virtual interview. However, a wife beater or a uh, white undershirt is probably not the best uh, option. So I would say, as long as you're wearing something that looks presentable with a collar, that is a that is awesome to me. Like what Gerald is wearing is perfect. I probably wouldn't show up like this in a hoodie with to an interview, right? And I think although
0: it does say simply cyber, you it might does say simply cyber. Scene.
1: It would get you some brownie points perhaps, um, but what they're looking to sh- to see is that like. You took this seriously right so when i've joined when i've joined interviews um and this has happened where someone's like calling me from their phone and in videoing that way and you know it's like a very ugly space in the back very cluttered and dirty i mean they didn't take the time to make this like a priority right so find it it's more about like the environment find a quiet space find somewhere where you're not going to be interrupted you know wear something that is presentable um and go from there. I mean, you don't have to, and if you have questions, like ask a friend, Hey, how does this look? Um, but you don't have to overdo it with like, you know, showing up in a suit, people do it, but I wouldn't say it's a requirement.
0: Yeah. I would say in today's modern age, like when I interview, I wear this shirt or, uh, like a solid colored button down with a blazer, no tie unbuttoned here. I will say that, Erica, you're crushing it, by the way. Like, the key takeaway here is it's not exactly what to wear. It's that you need to make it a priority because you're showing that you're respecting that interview time and that the interview is important to you. I recall one – and by the way, another thing, because you might be like, oh, bump that. Like, like, I'm a great candidate and, like, I'm not going to get the job because I had a messy background. This place sucks. Guess what? Here's the reality. You are competing against the other candidates. At the end yep. of the day, you're you're not competing against yourself. You're competing against the other candidates for the job. And if you got the interview, it's down to a handful of people. So congratulations. If you are a, a mess and stuff like that, that could be a key defining difference between you and someone else. So like Eric and I are both great candidates. We're 1A and 1B. And Erica showed up like. Took it seriously. Everything looked good. It was a priority. I took it from the back of an Uber. I was distracted. Um, you know, I had—I was at the beach. I had sunglasses on. Like my kids are running around. Whatever. It, it it doesn't matter that that has nothing to do with my ability to deliver work. It's a key difference between me and Erica, and that's why it's important that you take it seriously and you do these things.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Totally. All right. I'm, I'm still digging through. Do you have any, um, do you have any other like obvious um, kind of entry-level interview questions? Like some are uh, like, nothing's coming to me at this minute, but. Um...
1: So something I, I would say is, you know, how can you like be prepared to answer something? Like how can you bring value to the organization into this job? You know? And so like, be prepared to answer a question like that. It shows that you, like, read the job description and that you've given thought process to what skills you have and things that you could go ahead and plug in and do. And I think something also, to is a great answer. Anytime you don't know something, say, hey, that's something I'd really love to learn more about. <laughs> you know, I think, I think what someone asks you, um, like, entry level, I definitely received some um, questions around, like, encryption. Or, hey, do you know much about access management, access control, active directory? Um, have you had any experience doing that? And at the time I, I did not. I understood access management, but I did not never worked in active directory. I did. I didn't know. So I just purely said, like, you know, here's what I've learned educationally wise about access management and access control. I know why it's important. I understand the risk here. I'll give you quick scenarios on on risk. Um, access provisioning, right, deprovisioning, modifying rights of access, um, why it's important to have safeguards around this, access review, I understand why it's important, the risk associated with making these these changes timely. However, Active Directory, I don't have any immediate experience there, but if that's something that's required of the shop, I'm really excited to learn more about it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Again, in case you guys didn't catch it, Erica is outlining core principles that are tech agnostic, right? So yeah, they're probably going to have AD wherever you go, but like she understands the principles, which is the important part because tech mm-hmm. changes, right? I know how to do Splunk and now I'm going to go to a company that does Greylog, right? These are two different SIM solutions. Yeah, the the interface is different and and how you get to what you need, but understanding what you're trying to get to and why you're trying to get there, that's the the important part, right? I could teach you in a weekend or a day, like how like this is where you go, click here, 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 here. Yeah. The question's got to be like, hey, I need to understand how to disable access. Like, show me how to do that in AD. Show me how to do that in, you know, Novell or whatever you guys are doing. You have a Novell shop uh, yeah. back there.
1: I think another question um, in entry-level positions too is like, okay, what is a policy? What's a procedure? Mm-hmm. And understanding like how they stack up. So like as a homework item, if, if you don't have the answer to this, like understand how a policy comes to be, what does a policy state policy is supposed to be a little bit more higher level Then the procedure comes in and sits under to support the policy and the procedure gives you the how to so bringing it back to access control, you're gonna have an access control policy, you're gonna have an access control procedure that's going to get into the nitty gritty of how you actually do the provisioning deprovisioning all the all the hands on things that Gerald's talking about.
0: Yep, and I, I've put it I've put it down here because essentially this is the order. If I mean, mm-hmm. essentially this is the order. Uh, you should definitely understand this. This would be more almost of like a memorization question. Yes. Uh, I would argue. Uh, but but just know, I mean, I've been asked like younger in my career like to write a policy as part of like a team. Yeah, I have too. You know, so like you should be mindful of that. There are templates for it, obviously. Um, GRC Analyst Masterclass. Uh, module two or module five, we go through that. So anyways, understanding how these things stack are important into Erica's point, because these are the tools of the trade on the governance side of the house. And if you don't know what they are, that's a problem because honestly, they're basic tools that you need to know uh, when you're getting in there. Now, a couple of questions I see are coming in that are um, less entry-level GRC analysts and more kind of standard questions, but they're essentially around how do you work with teams? How does team collaboration work? What's your deal with teams? Um, you know, Eula, uh, West Coast Eula. Um, she wants to know how you would show or share about that. You know,
1: I think a practical yeah, example. A practical example is a really good way to showcase this. So, like, let's let's think about you only. You know, you did something in school, or maybe another job and your job transitioning, and you and you can think about a team scenario where maybe you had a few challenges and you were able to overcome them because you were such a good team player because you took ownership and you took the charge and here's what you did you set up 10 minute stand-ups every single day you led the charge and you said here's what's needed you sent out calls to action to the team and you tracked progress you spearheaded that initiative you made the team successful that example is going to go a long way to show you know how you would handle a situation in that role.
0: And, and another great opportunity, make sure that your example isn't how you like helped get your, your, you know, uh, club soccer team organized for the big tournament, right? Like that could be, that could be interesting, but you're making it work for the interviewer to see how that relates to how you could execute in, in the GRC analyst role. So if you can choose as, as, as close as you can to something that would be relatable to business or business organization or moving some initiative forward, whether it was like a technology deployment or I'm trying to think of something that would be like for non-tech people, right? Like obviously if you're in the military, that's a little bit easier because you have these like projects that you, you initiate and go on. Um, but make sure when you're talking about teamwork and collaboration that you talk about um, how communication was done, right? Different ways, mm-hmm. not just uh, among the peers of the project, but also up and down right? You should yep. be talking to management and, and kind of guiding and providing updates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely uh, something to make sure that you're doing. I'm trying to be as good as I can with this timer uh, and respecting it. Um, I'm trying to think of um, something. Like I'm, I'm trying to really think of like the last person I interviewed for a GRC role and some of the questions. Oh, here, Here's one, like, you know, this one, because I'm so ridiculously passionate about cybersecurity, like, 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 why do you want to be a GRC analyst? Like, what, what is it? Like, you know, like, that's a totally fair question, right? Like you're interviewing Absolutely. for this job. Is it just cash money? Is it, you know, like, mm-hmm. Right. Oof. So I got to Yeah. That's the Randy Moss straight cash, homie. You haven't heard that one straight yet. Cash, homie. Yeah. Straight cash. Oh, homie. that's so, spicy. <laughs> it's really spicy. So why do you want to be a GRC analyst, right? Tell me, is it, is it? And because by the way, like if it is just money, that's fine. But I I don't know. It's again, it's one of those key differentiators. Everybody's going to have their own reason for going for that job, but you're almost looking for someone who's like excited about the position and interested in the work and wanting to break into cybersecurity. Like this is a great opportunity to really highlight and showcase your passion and what it is about it, right? Whether it's, and by the way, you could sell this too, right? Like, oh, hey, I took GRC. Okay, not I'm not pumping this course. I'm just doing it because it's, it's so relevant. But like, hey, I took the GRC Analyst Masterclass. I didn't really know much about GRC. And after taking the class, like, I really feel like it resonates with me. I did this in my last job. And it's kind of like uh, governance risk and compliance. And I, I didn't really realize I was already doing that work, but like, I really love it. And the ability to like go out into the business and educate uh, on security awareness, like that's cool. I could literally help protect people and protect the business from, from, you know, going under. And, you know, people get fired. This community, you know, goes down, like that sucks. And I'm, I'm a huge, you know, person for like um, the greater good or, you know what I mean? Like you can spin it. In an honest genuine way to to highlight why you're excited about it and i think it goes a long way at individual individualizing it for yourself and telling the interviewer like oh man this person's like this this person's great excited
1: they're excited Yeah. yeah i think i think something to like know too is like when someone's interviewing you they have different they have different things that they're trying to get out of it and from my experience, this is Erica's, Erica's perspective, I'm always looking for the attitude and the character, right? So like, if you're excited, this is something you really want to do. I mean, character, like you've shown me different ways that you can do things, right? Like in a team, the team work question falls into this, the skills I can teach. So if I see that your willingness to do the job, you've gone, you've sought out all these resources, you've, figured out that there are probably a lot of different areas in cybersecurity that you would be successful in, but GRC, you think is it like, give me the why, give me what you've done to get yourself excited about it, why you think it's a good fit. And then asking those questions as a follow-up, um, is going to really like solidify the experience for the interviewer there.
0: Absolutely. I had to give you full, full stage on that one, Erica. It was good. Uh, another question just came in that that uh, really uh, caught my eye and I really liked it. Um, would you suggest familiarizing yourself with GRC tools?
1: I, I think so. Why not? So as you're doing your homework, figure out, you know, there's a ton in the space right now. It is super hot. GRC tools are popping up every which way. And so, I mean, the Archers and the Service Nows, I mean, there's some legacy tools out there, but now there's like these GRC automation tools that are coming out in i mean they all do similar things right so figuring out hey did i do my research do i know a few of these tools do i know what they do at a very high level just shows again the passion the commitment to the subject matter
0: yes and the tools that she mentioned ServiceNow, archer those are huge enterprise grade solutions. So you're not going to be able to get like a home lab of these type of no. things. So just familiarizing yourself, like the question suggests, can watch go some YouTube way. videos. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, um, Ka- Kaoru 747 like the tools aren't don't necessarily have to be like slick mobile apps or anything like that. Right. A spreadsheet, in my world, in my GRC world, as, as lame and boring as it is, a spreadsheet is a tool because when you put... Because a spreadsheet by itself is not a tool, but when you start putting in like risk calculation uh, matrices and you know, you're doing threat analysis and stuff like that, it's done in a spreadsheet, right? You might be able to have some cool web app interface, but the web app interface is also going to look like a spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> yeah. And... I don't think in this space we'll ever get away from spreadsheets. Um, I still work in spreadsheets every single day. So even if you have the fanciest of of the GRC tools, you're still doing spreadsheet uploads to the tool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Like you can, again, you can have like fancy looking donut charts and crap like that, Mm -hmm. but the input was a spreadsheet and that's what you're going to be working in. So, you know, I heart pivot tables, although I, I have started dabbling with power BI. So don't, don't, don't stop me now, Erica. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we, I saw another question in here. And we are getting close to time. Um, so in real quick, uh, Junior, uh, please clarify this question. When you say, how's the GRC role rewarding for the cyber journey, can you clarify that question, please? Um, so real quick, um, Erica. Requiem, any good GRC labs to recommend?
1: There's a few in the master class that I would uh, say are very very helpful to understand like practically what would a day-to-day in the GRC space look like because um, honestly the in the certification ex- exams right we've talked about it there's a lot of different exams that you can take certification pathways that may have some labs so like security plus for example has some labs in there that could be applicable to the GRC space. They're not one for one, right? So it may go like one scenario off the top of my head in Security Plus, I had a uh, firewall log review exercise, something I likely could do in GRC. Was every lab in Security Plus though, GRC applicable? No. Um, so it is kind of like a tricky question to answer. I would just say uh, pick and choose your learning path um, and and ask ask your friends in GRC what what labs specifically they've taken recently and piggyback off one another. I think that's a great way.
0: Yeah, and with the last 30 seconds, I'll say there aren't a lot of labs. That's half the reason I came up with the labs for the course, because it is kind of a um, marginalized space for, for the labs, because spreadsheets are spreadsheets. They're not cool technical things. But what I would say is, don't sleep on doing a couple of the blue team labs okay because mm-hmm. you're not going to be a sock analyst but if you understand what an attack looks like in a, in a workflow and stuff like that you'll be better informed so when you're trying to tell the business that they need to um invest x amount of money to upgrade all the os's when like it's not really that big a deal um you can be better informed right and also I would argue by doing like a blue team lab or two like range force or cyber defenders or something like that, you can better calculate risk because you actually understand what the likelihood and impact are, which are those two critical values for calculating risk. Like otherwise you're just guessing what the likelihood and impact are by Googling, right? But if you kind of get your hands dirty, you can be better informed and mind you, Even though you're interviewing for a GRC analyst position, if you've done SecOps labs and stuff like that, it's going to look good. No one's going to be like, oh, this guy. Mm -mm. And and not to mention,
1: not to mention it helps you speak the lingo, so to speak, with the engineering teams and all the different teams that you're going to come across um, when you need to give them buy-in of why they should be doing certain things and why they need to uh, put in certain controls into place. You're going to be like, this person doesn't understand this. And showing that you have that practical hands-on learning is gonna go a long way. It's gonna build that credibility, which you're gonna you're gonna need internally.
0: Junior, uh, I don't know if this is a qualifier on that question Junior asked before, but what skills you will earn to move on to another role in the cybersecurity world? I have Tableau, not Power BI experience. So I think the question is what skills might you get in a corporate job that could be valuable in a grc role or a cyber role i think that's that's what we're getting at
1: okay so so, so yeah go ahead you can take it
0: well i mean there's two kind of roles right there's there's the soft skills and then there's the hard skills the hard skills right we've already said uh, spreadsheets, right? So if you, if you can dance around in Excel, that's going to look good. And by the way, if you can make Excel spreadsheets look good, you don't have to get wicked fancy, but if you have like a different colored header, you put the grid lines, you put the grid lines on, um, all the cells and stuff like that. You freeze the top row, right? You make it look like a nice tool that's something people mm-hmm. want to get in there. That's going to go a long way from just having this like clumsy, poorly looking, um, uh, spreadsheet, right? So there's one skill that you should be able to dance around. And second one on the soft skill side, like if you're talking to management, like say you work in finance and you're talking to management about like, you know, financial planning or fiscal spend or, you know, renewing insurance policies, right. To include the cyber security one, right. You are talking to the business. You happen to be the business also, but you're talking to the business. So you can definitely parlay those skills and you should highlight those. Um, if you've talked to any management or any uh, level of executive or whatever, you should definitely mention that in the interview because GRC, again, they're just talking to the business. Any, any follow-ups on that, Eric? before we bounce?
1: Yeah, I think it's the, the communication, the soft skills, the, uh, the tools that you have proficiency in. So, I mean, even presentations, right? Like, can you build a presentation and can you deliver that presentation? Who are the executive, uh, sponsors that you had at your last job and how did you interact with them what was your level of ownership and accountability in those roles how is that translatable
0: Absolutely All right guys I'm calling uh last couple minutes of you know get your final question then what do they call that last call it's like been a last million call, years since yeah. I went to a bar closing so last-
1: time
0: <laughs> So last call um you know, we'll, we'll, run just a couple more minutes. I'm trying to think of like any final parting thoughts that I, I want to give anyone guys, I guess what I would say is if you're going to go interview for that GRC analyst job, just make sure that you are doing all the things that we're talking about. Right. Be comfortable. Again, think about the last couple uh weeks if you can of the threat briefings, like what's been going on, think through what, what, you know, how, like, like Lupe's question, like, how would you um, possibly solve it? Or what was the problem? Why did the incident happen in the first place? What kind of gap was there? Also be mindful that textbook GRC work and reality, GRC work are different. And the textbook tells you best case and like optimal world and reality is slightly different. So be mindful when you're listening to practitioners like Erica and myself who qualify, like, yeah, that's good. But in reality, like, You can't, you like, okay, so like when there's a major breach, almost every business invests heavily on cybersecurity right after the breach, right? So no textbook is going to say that, but be mindful of it, right? And you can even work that into a conversation like, oh, like how might you, how might the cybersecurity program get uh, funding or budget or whatever? And that's probably not an entry-level analyst question, but but you could be like, oh, you know, like if you look at this company, like SolarWinds, they just had this major incident and, you know, they, they hired a new CISO and it looks like they got funding for doing X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I don't want us to suffer an incident, by the way, speak in the uh, Vosotros form, right? Like the, the we, like you already work there. Like, I don't want us to have to do that. But for every opportunity that there's a near miss where like someone downloaded ransomware, but it didn't detonate correctly, let's, we could highlight that to management as a near miss. And thank goodness it didn't happen. But you know we could get funding that way. So like I, I I'm kind of rambling here unfortunately. I'm sorry, but basically be mindful of what's going on. Take time to really think through it, practice your what can I do or tell me about yourself question answer and and, and be ready to uh, have those canned like te- like what questions do you have for me? All right Erica, your turn and then yeah. I'll check for any final questions. Yeah,
1: I think I think key takeaway is prepare your tell me about yourself. Make sure you're starting this thing off on the right foot. Make sure you're researching the company because the GRC role will be different. Your areas of focus will be different role for role. You want to kind of gauge maturity. Who are the key players? What kind of other companies do they use? You may find a lot in the news uh, over a simple Google search. Look at their LinkedIn profile. Look at some people that work there what do they have on their resume, right? Look at the job that you want, find someone that has it and what's kind of helped them get there. Uh, I think that's always a really good way to kind of gauge like, okay, these are the things that I need to highlight. Because oftentimes if you go to somebody's LinkedIn profile and they have their bullets of experience, you're able to kind of like figure out, okay, what did they actually do out of the job description, piece it together with like their experience on that role. And then again, don't, do not fake answers. If you don't know, just say you don't know. That is going to go a long way rather than, you know, mumbling and stumbling through um, things that are just going to take up time, um, valuable time that can be spent answering other questions in the interview. And make sure you have some good questions prepared. I would say like three to five questions prepared because they, they're going to maybe answer some of them. And so I just make sure you have more Um, rather than less because you don't want to get to, Oh, Hey, well, you answered all my questions throughout the interview. So now I don't have any.
0: Yeah, exactly. You definitely don't want to say, I don't have any questions. Um,
1: and I think follow-ups go a long way. They go a long way, Gerald. So like, I love when I get a, Hey, thank you for the time, Erica. I really appreciated the conversation and it's personal. It's, I really liked what you said here, this about the company really got me excited about the role if there's anything else that I could be doing to prepare for this, if awarded the opportunity, you know, I would love to hear that from you. Like a call to action.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. It's a, it's a really a nice to have, not a need to have to follow up, yes. but I'll, I'll add on top of that just a little bit. Um, I, I do this when it's possible. It, it's not always possible, but if they talked about something in the interview that you didn't know about, right? Like you said, Oh, I don't know about that. Right. Um, do like, make it a priority to go do something with it, right? Like, oh, you mentioned Archer. You guys use Archer. I hadn't heard of Archer. Hey, like I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity yesterday for the interview. Last night when I got home, I actually dug into the Archer because you had mentioned it, and it really interests me. Seems like a really uh, enterprise grade uh, solution that would require multiple analysts to work. So I'm still trying to piece it together, but thank you. Again, you were listening, you took action and you showed initiative. And you, you, you know, like it just shows me, like it's another way to like add to your candidacy even after the interview ends. Okay, Great couple of final questions, Erica, and then we'll we'll go. But um, really, really appreciate you being available. Uh, oh, this is so much today. fun. Yeah, uh, really quick, I want to share this with Requiem. I was trying to make up these examples on the fly, but um, guys. <laughs> This is so true, right? Textbooks are never gonna say run with deprecated software, but guess what? Every business is running deprecated software. Every business, right? So that's, this is a true, this is true. You might even keep this as like the difference between reality and textbook. Or
1: TLS uh, 1.0. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right, all right. Final, final question, it comes from BJ. BJ, how can you get hired with no experience when everyone wants three years of experience?
1: Yeah, this is something we've kind of talked about um, throughout throughout this uh, session. There's a lot of nice to haves and the ideal scenario is all the bullets that they have in a job description. Right. So figure out, highlight the ones that you do have. Be prepared to speak to those. And if you don't have experience in cyber, that's okay. This is an entry level position. Showcase what you do have to bring to the table like we continue to say, the value, right? What is your value proposition? How can you plug into the organization and how are you gonna be, um, how are you gonna be in it? I mean, going to quickly establish yourself as like a key player on the team, really. Um, Cause that's something that you want to, you wanna feel useful. You wanna make sure that like, when you hit the ground running, like. You're feeling like you're doing meaningful work. So wanting to understand what that looks like, and you likely have experience in other areas where you're able to showcase that. Additionally, did you do your prep work, right? Did you research the organization? Did you research GRC? Did you research free resources? Did you do any, any side work, right? Getting certifications, doing any um, free courses or any additional courses, anything to show your level of commitment to getting the job in GRC, not just showing up and saying, I've done nothing. I want to get hired.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, agree a hundred percent. And one thing I can say in 10 seconds, don't think that you need three years of GRC cybersecurity experience or whatever, you know, even if you did add homework or whatever, put it as like you know home lab as like your company, and then list out your your skills as bullet points. Make it look like a job, right? You're not you're not misrepresenting that you work somewhere that you didn't. You're just framing it on your resume to, as if you know it, it's framed the same way. Your home lab experience. I've been I've been I've caught I've caught. I was like, oh, this person's got a lot of experience for an entry level person. That's kind of weird. And then realized it was home lab stuff. I was like, oh, that's actually a baller move. So mm-hmm. you can frame it a certain way. All right, guys, I know there was a couple more questions. Really quick, having a notebook uh, at the interview, totally, totally, uh, completely acceptable, completely acceptable. In fact, I appreciate it because you're taking notes and like, you know, following up and stuff like that. I always bring a notebook because I like to jot down my thoughts and then answer it.
1: I'm doing it right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly Uh, and I know we had some other questions but we did run over and I want to be respectful of Erica's time and uh, everybody in chat's time and and my own time I've got roofers and all this other stuff so um, that's going to do it for this episode of Simply Cyber Live special thanks to our very amazing and wonderful guest Erica McDuffie. thank Thank you for having me yeah absolutely okay all right guys so join us tomorrow at 8 a.m eastern standard time for Simply Cybers Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, formerly known as First Things First. We've retired the First Things First Monica, Erica. I'm, yep, Moniker, not Monica. Monica. Moniker, Erica. So that's it. All right, so that'll do it. We'll see you everybody next time. Take care. Bye.